Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do with status post adulting. Hey, status post adulting family. This is Sammy and Michelle. And you're listening to the 104th episode of Status Post Adulting, where we are talking about financial runway. That's right, Sammy. Financial runway. Not a runway like a model walk, though I can see why you got confused. I can definitely no, see No, we're it. not models. We're a little too short, honestly. But other than that, we would have everything going for us. 100%, yes. But Sammy, I'm very excited to talk about financial runways because here's the thing. There's a lot going on in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're somebody, you lost your job. Maybe you're just a little bit tired of working and you want a break. You want a sabbatical. You want a mini retirement. You want a full retirement. And you don't know how to start thinking about those things. We are here to help you. We have two perspectives on this and we're excited to talk about runway today. Michelle, I am super excited to talk about runway. I actually think, and don't call me dramatic, but I actually think that financial runway is the secret to unlocking the matrix. Wow. Not dramatic at all, Sammy. I agree with you. You know why? Because here's the thing. There's a lot of things as a people, me, myself included, I try to ignore. You want to think, I don't have enough money. I can't do this. I can never do this. And so here's a way to evaluate exactly those things. And when we say financial runway, we probably should explain what we mean. Good point, Sammy. Runway is a term we took from startup culture. What we really mean is how much money do you need or how much money do you have and how long will that last you? It's basically the amount of time you can live off your money without going broke or without going back to work. Exactly, Michelle. It actually sounds way simpler when you say it like that. Financial runway is just how much money you need to live for a certain amount of time or perhaps forever. Yeah, and the thing is, Amy, the reason I think calculating your runway is so cool is because for me, that is what gave me permission to take some time out of the corporate world. As you all know, two years ago, I quit my job. I decided to take a sabbatical, as they say. And I was a little bit anxious. I didn't know if I could do that. I was like, maybe I could take like a month or two off work. I didn't know what to think. And you really should have known what to think because there's a mathematical answer. Exactly, Sammy. The truth is, is I sat down. I looked at all the money I had in different investment vehicles. I looked at my savings and I started to think, okay, how long will this last me? And I projected, okay, I looked at, tracked my spending for the month before. And I was like, okay, if I stay in Austin, I have to pay rent. I have a car. I don't have a car payment. We have car insurance, I have utilities, and I saw that I could actually live quite a while without actually having to work. And that was so eye-opening to me. Question, Michelle. Mm -hmm. When you're calculating all these monies, investments that you have that could be used to provide for your runway, 
Since you're talking short term, did you include things like your 401k or IRA or no? Great question, Sammy. For me personally, I actually like to do two numbers. I do one with or without just to know worst case scenario. But for me, I'm young, my 401k money, my IRA money, that's compounding over time. And I would love to not touch that until I'm in my 50s and 60s when I'm not going to be punished with like a fee to touch those monies. So I like to think of my runway with my liquid money. So not my 401k, not my IRA, not any assets. I don't have a house, but if I had a house, unless I was really thinking about selling it, I wouldn't include that in my runway. That makes sense. And fun fact, you can take out the principal on your Roth IRA, not the capital gains, not the interest earned, but you can take out the principal before age 59 and a half. Oh, interesting. Not financial advice, of course. Not financial advice. But (laughs) I mean, that's good to know. And I think it's also good to know where you're going to take your money out of. Is it going to be your savings? Is it going to be investments? Like I actually live off of my savings and I prefer that because I want my investments to keep growing over time. Or for example, the last year, the economy has been bad. So the market's down. And so I was like, I don't really want to take money out of my investments until while the market's down. That's like the worst time to pull it. And so I'm ha- I've been happy to take it out of my savings in the past like year. And then when the market's good, I don't want to take it out because hey, it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. I want to keep let it grow. But there are different, you know, timelines for those things. I love that, Michelle, because I do think a lot of people wait until they're retired or until they're totally financially independent to start doing the things that they want to do. And you're showing that you could do those things way before you're even close to financially independent. Um, first off, not so far away. No, Thank you sorry. very much. Theoretically, theoretically. <laughs> I am 100% financially independent right now. (laughs) I'm just going to run out of money at some point. (laughs) Financially independent and retired until I'm not. (laughs) But I see your point, Sammy, and I totally agree with you. And the interesting thing actually is that when I left my job, my lease was also coming up in Austin. And you know, our parents, they were like, hey, come move home with us. They're obsessed with us. We can take care of you. They're always looking for a reason. But for once in my life, I seriously considered this because I ran two runways. One where I stay in Austin, I pay rent every month, I pay all my utilities, I live by myself, and I saw how long that lasted me. And then I did one if I stayed at home and cutting out those big ticket items for me, one being rent. And I saw that I could literally stay out of work double the time if I move back home. And so for me, that made my decision really easy. I wanted to move back home. I was excited to be with my parents and like spend more time with my family. It was a good financial decision for me. And Indian people love having their kids at home. So it was a really, really lucky thing I had that I was able to take advantage of. Yeah, Michelle, I think that's really smart. And our parents do love having you around. And I'm sure they would take you back any day. Our mom literally, like yesterday, because we don't live at home anymore, but she was like, why doesn't Sammy come work in the Bay Area again and you move back home? And I was like, you're not even going to like pretend like there's a good reason to do that. <laughs> She's like, so that we could all be together as a family. I was like, okay, we, I gave you a year. <laughs> I know you love me, but that's all I got. But for me, that really did help me make my decision because for me, what I knew I wanted to do 
was also work a little bit more on creative projects. I actually didn't want to just like relax, which I did. I definitely had some time to deprogram and enjoy my time off. But I also wanted to work on projects that I knew probably wouldn't bring income right away. And so it was nice to be able to be at home, save money and like focus in on that. And you don't just have to rent the runway, as they say. <laughs> Good one, Sammy. And by that, I mean, you can runway short term for a little bit of time, or you can runway forever. I am talking about retirement and financial independence here. Tell me more, Sammy. Well, first of all, it's less money than you would think. And how much money do you think people usually think it is? Millions, billions of dollars? You know, I think about myself, and I literally never even thought about it before. I definitely did not think about ever retiring young, because I just assumed that if you're young, you'll not have enough money if you don't work. You know, unless you're like one of those people who grew up and like was inherited a giant trust fund or something like that. I just thought everybody has to work until they're old. And I didn't think about how much money you would need when you're old, but I was just kind of like, hopefully you don't live too long because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not what we want for anybody. No. Then I found out that there is actually a quantifiable amount of money that you can have. And we have talked about this on previous podcasts before, so we will link to it. There's something called the 4% rule, which is based off of the Trinity study, which states that if you take whatever your annual spending is and times it by 25, that number is a number that you can live off of forever, assuming that you're going to withdraw on 4% of it every year. Sammy loves the Trinity study. I love the Trinity study. Everybody in the fire community loves the Trinity study. Yes. Financially independent retire early community. Actually, I need what, to be honest, I was listening to an episode with Paula Pant with this guy, Bill Bangan. He actually came up with the idea of the 4% rule before the Trinity study. So he's actually like the first creator of the 4% rule. Oh, well, hmm. regardless. Regardless. So what does this all mean? Well, if you're someone like me, Sammy, when I was living with my parents, spending the least amount I pretty much ever spent because I was trying to save as much money as possible. And you were basically just like going to work and coming home. Yeah, which that was expensive still because of how far I had to travel. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't have to pay rent. So I was spending probably around 20000 maybe less some years, maybe more some years, around 20000 a year. When you're saying some years, not some years, this was two years. Yeah, one yeah. year, yes, one year, not. Yeah, one year I spent less than 20000 one year I spent more than 20000 just barely. So I know I can live off of 20000 a year if I can have my housing paid for. Easily, like comfortably. And so if I take $20,000 and I times that by 25, it's actually $500,000, which I know some of you are like, that's a lot of money. But some of you might be like, actually, that's a really obtainable amount of money. When you say $500,000, something that I think is important to note there is that $500,000 in theory is in an index fund. Yes. This is not $500,000 on cash that you live on for the rest of your life. Yes. You can go to the Trinity study and look it up yourself, but I think it's like part index funds, part bonds, actually, in their allocation. The general idea is that the money is growing over time. Yes. Yeah. You can't be saving this like under your mattress for sure. And the assumption is that you would spend about 4% of that. So then you would never really go down on the 4% that you would be making an in interest. Of course, some years there'd be more than 4% interest and some years there'd be less. How long do they assume you live to? This is infinite. So, oh, because... so the Trinity study is based off of typical retirees. 
But the whole point is it should be something that's theoretically going to be forever. Like you would not run out ever. And I think it's like 95 or 90 something percent of scenarios. Okay. So they're saying that your money is growing faster than you can spend it, basically. Correct. You got, got it, it, sister. I got it. <laughs> and this year, I probably spent around $50,000 because I was paying rent. And for me, it was quite a lavish re- year. I had to buy like a washer and a dryer and just things that I like don't do. But we traveled a lot. We traveled a lot. But you know, there's always going to be excuses. And so I did spend about $50,000. So I thought, you know, spending 60000 would be like pretty extravagant for me. And that would be a net worth of $1.5 million, or a runway of $1.5 million. Yes. Which I love, Sammy, because I think you're making a good point. You can actually, like if you want to have more of like a financially independent retire early mindset, you could think, how much money do I need to quit work forever? And you can also do what I did, which is how much money do I need that I can buy myself a small break? I can give myself a sabbatical and then choose to pursue other projects in that time if I so desire. Exactly, Michelle. And I think what I love about these frameworks is they give you so much inspiration and just a different way to look at everything you do. And that's why I think they unlock the matrix is because they give you this new perspective on how to view everything that's your purchasing, everything that you're doing with your life. I mean, Sammy, when I was when I was deciding whether or not to leave the workforce, even though I had a lot of money saved up, I could not imagine that I could take time off work. It was such a foreign concept to me. I had been working for so many years. I thought maybe this fund could like last me a month or two. And then to actually sit down and calculate the numbers, it calmed my nerves a lot because I was like, okay, this is money I have that could actually help me survive. And so I can start to think, okay, if I go down to a certain amount, like say a three-month runway, I'm going to want to start looking for a job, interviewing. And it really helped me appreciate that the money that I have in the bank has value. Like it can actually help support me if I need it. I agree, Michelle. And as someone who's saving up with my runway, even though I'm not, you know, at financial independence, it still gives me a lot of confidence when I go to work and stuff like that. People are like, oh, what would happen if you lost your job? Or what would happen if something happened at work? Or if suddenly you had to leave? Of course, I'd have to figure out logistical things like moving and things like that. But financially, I'm not too worried about it. And that's like a really big place of strength to come from. I agree, Amy. And it also helps me reframe all my spending decisions. For example, you may recall from a previous episode that my dad (laughs) wanted me to buy a new car. Because he thought my old car looks ugly. And that is like literally <laughs> not a reason to buy a new car because it's a wonderful car. He was thinking I should trade it in or something like that, whatever. But I'm like, my car, I'm pretty sure it could go like another like 200 miles. Like it's... Knock on one. Yes, it's a great car. Especially now that you don't drive it as far as you <sighs> used to. For sure, for sure. And I was thinking like, let's say I spent $20,000 on a car. You may recall from earlier in this conversation that I spent like $20,000 when I was living with my parents. And sometimes not even $20,000. And so spending a year's worth of spending on a car seems obscene. Because it's like, how about instead of buying a car, I take a year off of work? And is that kind of thinking that is what we call unlocking the matrix? You look at your financial decisions differently. When you were choosing to move to a small town, 
I was once again running my runway and I wanted to, my plan had originally been to move to a city after a year of living at home. And the cost of living is so much lower where we are right now. And I knew I wanted another year to like focus on my work. And I was like, man, is it worth paying, you know, $2,000 in rent, paying high utilities? I'll probably be doing more things. Is that all worth it to give up this year of my freedom? And at the time, I thought it wasn't. I'd much rather move with you to where we are right now, small town USA. It's true, Michelle. And it's the reason I moved to small town USA. (laughs) (laughs) People always ask me, specifically my patients, literally always ask me, why did you move here? And what I want to tell them is because I've unlocked the keys to the matrix here. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, if you know anything about our little town, uh, very in line. Yeah. People are a little bit on the prepper side. Mm -hmm. Bunker city, I would say. End of the world type of people. Snowbirds, really. That's not necessarily what she means. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, however you want to do it. (laughs) I mean, these people have unlocked the key to the matrix, too. They're like retired. They're young. They're having a good life. Like when I see some of the people in town, I'm like, this is kind of what I want. I just want to like enjoy life. Yeah, it's true. I do think a lot of people here, they've got what they need and they kind of know where not to go over the top. Exactly, Sammy. And you know, something I do want to point to is part of this all is to understand how much money you are spending. Listen to our track your spending episode again if you haven't, because it's a really good exercise to do, even if you don't have a chance to do it every single month. It's so, so important to get a realistic idea of how much you're spending every month. I think when I was like living in a city and, you know, shopping more and traveling more and eating out more, there were some months I would look at my credit card bill and I was like, holy crap, where did my money go? And so I think it's just good to be aware, like even without judgment, to just track your spending and see how much money you're spending every month. That's so true, Michelle. You don't want to guess how much you're spending and base your number off of that. Because you're going to be wrong. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, we I are, mean, I, yeah. And I think actually a lot of people, especially if you lose your job, you are really stressed out because you're like, holy crap, how am I going to live? And it's really, really important to know those numbers, like to look at it. I think in the best case situation, it actually will last you longer than you can expect. Or you can look at ways that you can cut down to make it last longer. Or if it is a situation where you lost, if you lost your job, when you don't have a lot of emergency fund, then it it at least helps you like, hey, I need to figure something out because this is a season of my life where I need to be making money. I agree, Michelle. And if you start with the end in mind, or you start with your financial freedom in mind, it also helps prevent you from making really big decisions that will trap you for years. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's the truth, Sammy. For me, knowing my total financial runway ended up having a huge part in my decision to not buy a house. I was considering buying this house that we live in now, which maybe would have cost like around $200,000, which is not that expensive. And I'm going to live here, you know, for at least a few years, probably. So it seemed reasonable to buy the house. But when I looked at like my total net worth or the total net worth that I need, I'm like, if I'm the type of person who can live forever on 500k, or even on like 1 million or 1.5 million, I just didn't want 200k tied up in a house. And then I thought about it and I was like, okay, well, let me see how much I would spend on rent. And then I calculated that and I was like, well, that's like $40,000, $60,000. That's not $200,000. Granted, some people would say that that money is going to waste instead of going into equity. But for me, I'm just not a house person. You know, I sleep on the floor. I'm a happy girl just renting. 
and I love the freedom it gives me to not own a house. So takeaways. The one thing that I would love if you took away from this conversation is take a look at how long you could live off of your current monies. Look at your savings, look at your investments, even do one with your 401k and IRA if you want to get a full picture. But I think it's so important to know because otherwise you get anxious at work because you're like, my job is really important. What if I lose my job? How long am I going to last? I won't last at all. And I think it can just be something that really helps you understand, okay, this is how much money I spend. This is how much money I have. If anything happens today, I can actually live off of this money for X amount of time. And I'll include my runway calculator so that you can calculate it for yourself as well. Yeah, Michelle, it's so true. It is a type of knowledge that gives you so much freedom and understanding and honestly, peace. Like it's just like peaceful to know that you're going to be okay. So I would do the calculation and save up a few months at least just to kind of help yourself feel better. And the thing is, is that, you know, a lot of times we save up money to have an emergency fund. So we think, okay, I have an emergency fund. I can last three months in case something happens. But I also want to reframe that too. Once you have an emergency fund and you know that you can cover yourself if something does happen, I do love looking at a runway as the startup of you. What if you do want to take a little bit of time off? How much time would you need to try to launch something? A year, two years. My sabbatical now is going on to its third year. And I'm so happy I've had this time to focus 100% of my energy on my creative projects. And I'm not going to lie to you. When I left my job two years ago, I didn't think necessarily that this would last me this long. But I've consistently kept my spend low. And I've been really enjoying having time off. And just once I did it, once I like took the leap, I started to realize that I could keep doing it. And so I just think that would be so cool for so many other people too, because a lot of times we are taking care of ourselves and we don't appreciate how much we've actually put a lot of foresight into these things. It's so true, Michelle. I think most people would say the most valuable thing in their life is their time. And it's important to know that you can buy it back. Whether it's for a few years or for your lifetime, you can buy yourself back from society by saving up some money. So let us know your thoughts. Have you tracked your runway? Have you tracked your spending? We will put all the tools that we have spoken about before in the show notes, and we would love to hear from you. And most importantly, be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and we rethink the status quo. Welcome to the after show. Hello, friends. Hello, guys. Well, first and foremost, happy birthday to our cousin, Julie. Happy birthday, Juju. Happy birthday. It's her birthday the day this comes out. And she actually inspired this topic. Mm -hmm. She is somebody that I talk to a lot about finances and thinking about taking time off work and facing the numbers and she said, hey, you guys should talk about this. So thank you so much, Julie, yes. and happy birthday. Now you know that our family is quantifying our time. Not everybody. It's a morbid family. <laughs> no, everybody's quantifying it different ways, different <laughs> ways. <laughs> yeah, well, our family is very uh, say la vie, mm -hmm. live in the moment, which is good, too. It's good. It's positive. One way to do it. One way to do it, for sure. Also, guys, I have some really fun news. 
I was on the Pathless Path podcast. That's right, Status Posted All Thing family. Our own Michelle, co-host, producer, and editor. Complete editor of the podcast. Status Posted All Thing. Does everything. Does everything, really. Except be Sammy, our beautiful other co-host. She is going to be on the Pathless Path podcast. First of all, if you haven't checked out the book, Pathless Path, it is like so in alignment with this podcast. It's freaky because... It's crazy. We never communicated together and literally there are so many (laughs) similar topics in this book. It's crazy. I agree. Like, Paul, we don't even know each other. And yet I, I feel like we have lived a very similar journey. So it's super cool. We'll probably do a little bit more of a deep dive into the Pathless Path because we do really enjoy the book. But until then... Check me out. I'll link it to this episode. And our Michelle has also gotten a J-O-B. Oh, yes. I have a mini job. I'm in this group called Small Bats, and they needed an admin. And since I'm pretty active in it anyway, I was like, perfect. I'll do it. I really like the community. I wanted to be able to support it. And I thought my skills would go well here. So it's just a little, a little, a little something, something, you know? I knew my runway would keep me going until the end of the year, but I was like, hey, buy myself a little bit of that back. And to the sabbatical, please don't worry. She's still mostly on a sabbatical. It's just a little extra to find a little bit of time there. I'm just, now I'm just doing it for fun. Just for fun, really. All right, guys. Love you. Love you. Talk to you later. Bye.